0: Previously on the show, Gabriel saves Jesu of Nazareth from crucifixion, reunites him with Mary Magdalene, hides them both inside a cave, and disappears into the storm. Episode 10, Season Finale, The Books of Twelve. A phone rings at 10.15am for a long time. It stops ringing, and it starts ringing again, from a bed. A young woman picks up the phone saying, Vete la verga. Hola? Put Gabe on the phone, bitch. The voice of Rooks speaks. Gabriel quickly opens his eyes in between two beautiful naked women, looks to his right, and before the woman passes over the phone, he jumps out of his bed naked and discombobulated. He can listen to the voice of Rooks over the phone from a distance. Hello? Bitch, don't make me drive over there. The girls laugh and ask Gabriel why is he so surprised. Gabriel looks around, notices everything is so familiar. He's home. It all started again. One of the girls looks at his crotch and says, Come back to bed, baby. Gabriel turns around and out of muscle memory, opens a drawer, grabs his knife, his gun, and says, Hang up the phone and get the fuck out of here. Both of you, now! He screams. The girls quickly jump out of bed, get their things and leave scared shitless. Gable pauses, contemplates. He puts on a v-neck white undershirt and his dirty green police uniform pants. He goes to his kitchen and turns on the radio, skips through a couple of channels and listens to Buenos dias, Bolivia. Son las diez y media de la mañana en un martes, 30 de octubre del 1979 which translate to October 30th, 1979. Gabriel is shocked and says, something's different. He sits on his rusty wooden dining chair to try and recap as much as he can. He puts his head down, dozes off looking to the ground. A series of events come to mind. The massacre at the mountain, meeting Mary Magdalene. He's trying to remember everything that happened and starts putting things in order in his mind as to how it started. As he remembers this day, he slowly lifts his head, stands up, and walks out of his farmhouse without locking the front door. On top of a three-story old residence building in the middle of the city, a special ops team ready for their mission talk amongst themselves. When is this fucking guy going to beat here? When he's done, I'll shoot him myself. And suddenly, they hear two gunshots from inside the building somewhere. Bang! Bang! The officers on the roof quickly swing down from the top of the building, breaking the windows and entering an apartment. Freeze, motherfucker! The officer screams as he points his assault rifle to Gabriel, who stands in front of two rescued young boys, one of the age of seven, the other no more than four. When the officer looks to the floor, a huge, huge, obese man wearing dirty underwear and a wife-beater lies face down on the ground with two bullet holes in the back of his head. A puddle of blood starts pouring under him, as if someone stabbed him or opened a big wound on his abdomen. The officer screams again, Who the fuck are you? Gabriel says, Rook sent me. The job is done. Put the gun down. You get to fight another day as he remembers the day he shot that same officer in the head. Gibral then says, Take the boys. Clean them up. Take them to their mothers. The officer then says, Where the fuck are you going? Gibral, The job's done. Time flies in his nighttime. At the whiskey bar, Gibral sits and contemplates on how is it all possible that everything is happening again and events are being repeated. He ponders, with a glass full of whiskey. He doesn't drink it. From behind Gabriel, Rooks grabs a stool and sits down right next to Gabriel. He carries a laundry bag full of money, asks the bartender for a glass full, takes a sip, puts the glass down and says, How the fuck did you know? Gabriel looks at him with disgust. Rooks speaks again. Gabriel. How the fuck did you know about the job, the target, and the location? Gabriel interrupts. You sold me out. Rooks. What? Gabriel. Don't fuck with me. You gave me up. That money ain't for me. That's for you. But you won't get to enjoy it. This is it for you, Rooks. Rooks is speechless. He can't come up with anything. He takes a sip of his drink. His hand shakes. Rooks, we've done a lot of crazy shit, Gabe. When does it end? Gabriel says, now. Without having to get up, and with unexplainable speed, Gabriel puts his hand inside of Rooks' mouth, pulls down by his jaw, slams his head on the bar and rips his jaw from his face, leaving his tongue hanging down and blood splats down the floor like if a beast attacked a man. Guests scream. People start running and stumbling to get out of the bar. The bartender jumps back, puts his back against the counter, and cannot believe his eyes. Brooks is facing down on the bar, still making sounds as if he's trying to breathe and choking on his blood. His body slowly collapses on the ground. Gabriel now takes a sip of his glass. Calmly, looks at the bartender who trembles in fear, looks back at Rooks, now dead, lifts his glass one more time and says, Well, that's that, and pours the whiskey on Rooks' corpse. He picks up the bag of money and heads to the back door. Through the back, he steps out to an alley. He looks up, feels the first drop of rain coming on his forehead, In one hand he holds the bag. He uses the other to pull down his zipper to take a piss. As he takes the leak, car headlights turn on and light up the alley. Multiple black cars and several men get out. Hard to see, but Gable identifies the silhouette of a man with a cowboy hat. Alirio. The men start getting close. Gable can hear their footsteps. He turns towards them and swings the bag of money over his right shoulder. The men are heavily armed, and point their tranquilizer guns. Alirio orders his men to put down their weapons. Gable stops. He says, This time, none of you are ready. Alirio speaks. We mean you no harm. We just want to protect ourselves. My name is... Gable cuts him off. Alirio. Alirio then replies, Yes. Are you Gabriel? Gabriel de Cristo? Gabriel, yes. Please come forward. We will not engage, Alirio says. Gabriel walks forward slowly. As they get closer to each other, Alirio's men turn off the lights. Gabriel and Alirio are now face to face. Alirio speaks. I, I am Alirio Bascope. Lord Keeper of the Writings of Nosa Senhora. Do you know who we are? Gabriel, I'm listening. Alirio, we are keepers of truth for almost 2,000 years. Guided by her holiness, Maria. Maria Nosa Senhora. Waiting for this day. Waiting to meet you. Come with us, Gabriel. We have much to talk about. Alirio and his men drive Gabriel to the abandoned prison. The same prison he was once locked into to run experiments on. Expendable men and women are locked in the cells just like he remembers. The chamber is at the center of the communal square space. Passing the chamber, Alirio guides Gabriel into a hallway he doesn't remember. A hallway deep inside the prison that ends with a heavy iron door. They open the door. Alirio orders his men to stay behind, but to leave the door open. As Alirio and Gabriel enter a small library. A very dark, gloomy room, lighted with just a couple of candles. As if it's a religious room, almost. It smells smoky. Old and large books seem well organized. There is a thick, dark oak wood table with two chairs in the middle. Alirio tells Gabriel to have a seat. Gable sits down and places the bag of money on the ground. As Alirio slowly looks to find a book, he speaks. For centuries, men have told stories about God. How the world and the universe were created by intelligent design. Books have been written in many different ways and in many different languages. Filtered, revised an altar by men to fit the readers and believers of dogmas. But truth was never written by men, but by a woman, a woman that witnessed, lived with, and fell in love with God, Maria Vergina. Alivio takes out an old book from one of the shelves and places it on top of the table. The book is not large, fits well in the hand of anyone. It is leather bound with a thin rope that wraps around to keep all the pages together. The pages seem wrinkled and falling apart. Alirio continues. Maria virgina wrote about God coming from the heaven in form of a man. She wrote about the sky giving birth to a deformed man covered in blood Very much so, like a mother would give birth to a child that is not meant to be born. And so, she taught God how to speak in the world of men. And when he learned to speak, she fell in love with his stories. She tells the story of making love to God, the only man that she ever made love to. And she decided never to touch any other man, for she felt blessed that she was the one chosen by God. Maria Virgina gave birth to a boy, a boy that grew with unbelievable intellect, power, and skill. The boy could heal the sick, make the blind see, and do the unthinkable. Her holiness grew this boy to know he was the son of God. And so he walked earth, believing he was. She named the boy after his father. His name was Jesua. Jesua de Cristo. Gable, astonished, replies with, Bullshit. No. Alirio responds, It's all written in this book by Her Holiness Herself. Men wanted to kill this boy, and men tried. Men believed he was killed. But before anyone killed him, God came back and hid his son and his woman where no one could find them. Three nights after, God came to visit Her Holiness again and he told her where their son was. So Maria Vergina brought men to help rescue Jazwan his love, from deep where God had hid them, and the Son of God never died. Gable opens the book, flips through the pages. He can read Aramaic and recognizes Maria's handwriting. He spots sentences of things he remembers. The conversations that they had. Alirio continues. This is her holiness writings. Taken from her grave by the founding fathers of our society. Rufus and Alexander of Cyrene. Sons of Simon of Cyrene. The right hand of God on earth. To keep in secret until the right time. There is more in this book than this world could bear. Jesua married that woman, Mary Magdalene. She gave birth to twelve boys, and they all grew wise like their father. Their names were Peter, Andrew, Paul, John, Philip, Bartolomeu, Thomas, Matthew, James, Tateus, Simon, and Judas. Their families grew strong. And for reasons not known, they all lived over a hundred years. Her Holiness Maria Vergina outlived every single one of them, long enough to be able to write about them all. Gabriel. What the fuck? Alirio, the night before Jesuit died, he had one last supper with all of his sons, and he gave his sons 12 different books. Those books were written instructions strictly given to each one of them separately on how to live their lives. And if the instructions were followed by the book, Jesua said they would all rule the world. And if not, God, his father, would come back and look for them to make things right. And so, with a blood pact and a prayer, 12 religions were master planned that night and assigned. History knows those books to be the Books of Twelve, the only writings of the Son of God, rules and dogmas, all following the same fundamentals and principles taught by Jesuit de Cristo, strategically manipulated, and not to be created at once but implemented over time in different areas of the world to maintain discipline and order. So beautifully crafted to believe that most of those religions were even created before all 12 men. Jesuit was specific. After each one of them finished their crusade, the books were to be burned. And so, those books have never been found. To Peter, Islam. To Andrew, Taoism. Paul, Christianity. John, Polytheism. To Philip, Bahai. To Bartholomew, Buddhism. Thomas. Hinduism, to Matthew and James, paganism and Jainism, to Thaddeus, Wicca, Simon, Sikhism. And the hardest task was given to the youngest son, Judas, to guide all Hebrews to follow Judaism. And that's how Her Holiness Journal ends. And so, centuries passed, and all was done. But not all went as planned. For Judas, responsible for the hardest task, felt the pressure. Years went by, and he was consumed by stress and perfection. And before finishing his vocation, he committed suicide. And his successors finished the task. But the task was finished by someone not of Jesuit's blood. And so, the plan was flawed. And the world has been in chaos for the same twelve reasons that were founded to avoid destruction. Gabriel speaks. How do you know that part, if it's not written? Alirio. Our founding fathers kept something out, not of her book. Something not written by her, but found inside of it. Gabriel, what? Alirio, Judas' suicide note to his grandmother, Maria Vergina. Alirio hands Gabriel an old, rolled-up letter. Gabriel carefully opens it and reads it. While he reads... Alirio speaks. Judas never believed in God. And so he never believed. Jesua, his father, was the son of God. He loved him, but never believed what he was told. According to the stories told by his grandmother, Judas thought that what they believed God was came from another dimension. Judas believed that there was always going to be things not explainable by men alive, but in time, discovered by others. And he didn't want to take on a task that he didn't believe. He was convinced that the plan was going to create division amongst men, whether he finished it or not, and that all would be lost if he carried out the wishes of his dying father. He couldn't bear the embarrassment of going against Jeshua. So he took his own life and hung himself. Storytellers say he was possessed by the devil. And her holiness never wanted anyone to know the reasons why Judas did it. So she hid the letter. Because Maria was convinced she gave birth to the Son of God. Gabriel. You are still referring to her as her holiness. What do you believe? Alirio, I believe I know what I'm looking at. I believe you and I met already some time ago. And I believe Jezo was right when he said he will come back and look for all of them to make things right. Find the books, Gabriel. Destroy them. Gabriel looks back through the open door. He looks far into the hallway where he can see the gas chamber. He takes a deep breath and nods his head slowly as if to agree. Alirio then says, Any last requests? The end. Thank you for listening.